five teenagers are given the ability to transform into any animal they touch. Using this technology, they alone must fight a secret infiltration of Earth by a parasitic race of aliens known as the Yerks. They can't tell you who they are or where they are from, but we're here to tell you their story. This is the Millennial Agenda, Animorphs Edition. Welcome everyone to the Millennial Agenda, Animorphs Edition, a weekly discussion of K.A. Applegate's sci-fi action series, Animorphs. I'm your host, Josh Gunderson, joined, of course, by my Animorphs Edition co-host, Kevin Morey. And since this week is a special week, Meg's here! Yay! Yay. If I was one of those fancy podcasters with like access to sound effects, I would have put have put in a like really obnoxious one right there. That's like rah, 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 that one. You wouldn't have put like chi- like crickets chirping. <laughs> <laughs> uh no. What is I, the I, Animorphs I, equivalent of that DJ air horn? Um <laughs> Buns Buns Buns. Uh. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's accurate. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's that tracks. Uh, this week we are discussing Megamorphs number two in the time of the dinosaurs. Much like our last Megamorphs, uh, we're just going to kind of go for it because there's a lot that goes on in a Megamorphs book. And to try to recap it would just take up the entire episode. So we might as well just take up the entire episode recapping it, but talking about it at the same time. And we start off with uh, Marco deciding that the group needs to be superheroes because a random nuclear submarine is just casually sinking on like in the ocean near them so why not yeah it makes sense that they're already saving the planet they might as well you know throw in like if, if they save the planet from the yurks like in someone there's nuclear fallout and radiation like why 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 bother save the planet from the yurks uh, well, we're going to get to nuclear fallout and radiation in a little bit because I have some questions, comments, sense. and concerns as we go forward. Uh, well, I took nuclear physics in college. Yeah. I, not I, well, thanks to the series, I'm slowly becoming an entomologist, a word that I've learned recently. <laughs> and I'm going to use as much as possible. They, they decided they need to go help out because there's a sunken nuclear submarine and marco's like we gotta go deal with this like in the middle of a like monsoon slash hurricane slash really shitty rainstorm they're like yeah this seems like a great idea right now because this has nothing like we have no yerks controllers horkvazir taxon viscer three nothing in this book this is just a side quest a, like mm-hmm. full-on side quest Mm-hmm. Full on, not even like it's it's relevantly irrelevant side quest. Yes, um, I feel like this book was entirely just K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant being like, "Wouldn't it be so cool if they could morph dinosaurs? Let's make that happen." And they just <laughs> figured out a way to make it happen. And you know what? They were correct. <laughs> it would be really cool yes. To morph dinosaurs. Uh, <laughs> though in my brain, I'm like Scholastic really enjoyed the Sario rip from last. I'm like, ah, we can justify time travel. Give us dinosaurs. <laughs> More of that. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, we're I. So we're in like we're we're now in around 1998. So we're like post Jurassic Park hoopla at this point because Jurassic Park oh, was 93. They reference Jurassic Park. They do, yeah. But like, mm-hmm. I feel like. Like, why dinosaurs all of a sudden? But okay, like, I'm here for it. I love me some dinosaurs. 
Because I, always dinosaurs, Josh. Always. Always. Yeah. The, the answer is always dinosaurs. <laughs> it makes me wonder if kid. I'm sure they are, but like when I was a kid, dinosaurs were like a thing for children to be obsessed with. It was like dinosaurs were a main personality trait. Um, <laughs> and I think a lot of that was because of Jurassic Park. I wonder if that's a thing currently. Like if... Like if if dinosaurs are like a target thing for smaller children, like it was when I was a kid. But I feel like this is another instance of Scholastic probably being like, "Hey, give us dinosaurs. We need we need the kids to read about the dinosaurs. They want it. Give it to them." I mean, I was into dinosaurs as a kid, but I I will fully blame that on Jurassic Park. I think that's what's because I was I mean I was an everything mm-hmm. kid. I loved the dinosaurs. I wanted to go to outer space. I went through an Egypt phase, like all depressed people do. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> well, I still love Egypt and dinosaurs, which that should say a lot about my personality. <laughs> the group morphs dolphins to go out and find this, and this is where question number one for Josh comes up. So they they find the sub with the echolocation, like you do, yep. and um, at the same time, we so Cassie. Oh, Cassie, 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 and her constantly wavering morals um, fully admits to us that she enjoys morphing sentient creatures, which we've seen because she's constantly like, oh, I don't want to morph this this being. It has a soul. But then like two seconds later, she's like, let's fucking get some DNA from this unconscious human and morph them with their soul. <laughs> so right at the beginning of chapter two, Cassie's because they've they've morphed dolphins. She's like, I love being a dolphin. How can you not love it? I'm not crazy about insects, but dolphins have souls, and I love it. Like she is, she is like talk about Egyptian gods. She is a crocodile soul sucker. Is what she is. <laughs> mm. That's she, a hot take. She's a little confused. She's a, you know she's. <laughs> mm. so, so they find the sub and they decide as uh, as dolphins, they need to get to the attention of uh, the, this rescue diver that's in the water. And this is where I actually have a question. And Meg, you might have some insight to this because I am not dive certified as much as I would love to be. Um, I've never been a rescue diver. And maybe it's different with like the the military. But like if the storm is as intense as they are making it out to be with the rain and stuff... Would they be sending divers into the water like that? For a nuclear, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know because, like, I'm a scientific diver versus rescue diver. Because <laughs> um, we, we would pull people from the water at that point and be like, no, this is a bad idea. But because it's a nuclear sub, I'm not, I wasn't as surprised that they had divers in the water. Hmm. That makes sense. Because it was an actual submarine, I was like, oh, I kind of get it. Because some of the, like, the, some of the the I mean I am not an expert on like those really intense like military divers the Navy divers but I'm sure like I get they they go into not great weather situations that's part of their training it seems like the worst idea to me forever because I've I've only been in a little current and I was like this is awful and horrible and breathing is hard <laughs> I can't imagine in like a raging storm I be useless well i feel like once you're underwater it's probably not that bad but it's just like the like getting them out of the water in like 50 foot swells is probably not a pleasant experience because then they put a rescue dive sub in the water to go get these people out 
which that okay that all kind of tracks but then the sub explodes and this is once again where josh has questions because uh, we never get an answer as to what explodes and i'm wondering if either of you from reading it have any insights like did the actual sub explode is it like a nuclear reactor sub and i don't know how subs work so like do they have nuclear powered subs i don't know but like did the reactor blow did the sub just randomly blow or did a warhead blow well you just like you brought up my first question because i was like did i miss something was there some magic hand waving that i did not see as to what happened <laughs> what blew up i'm reading back through it now because it didn't really cross my mind it just says flash a light so bright it seemed to burn right through me wham the shockwave hit us i tumbled through a world that was being torn apart at the seams and then the world went black is this going to be one of those situations where it's like, we're going to have to take the fact that we're reading from like a 12 year old's perspective or something like that? Do you know what I mean? So we're not actually going to yeah. give an actual answer because like a 12 year old wouldn't understand what the answer is. Yeah. I feel like if it was a nuclear warhead, um, a little bit more damage would have been done. One would think. <laughs> I, well, I'm not even, even if it is underwater. I don't know how those things work, but I feel like water is not going to be a, a major deterrent to it doing a, a big explosion. Well, because you know? it, I'm not even worried about the explosion. I'm worried about the nuclear fallout from the explosion. Like how? Right. Like, so I feel like maybe just like something got like, there's like a, a Star Trek warning countdown going on because like something, the engines are about to blow. My reasoning is I don't think it was a nuclear explosion that caused this i think i want to i want to pretend like it was a regular explosion because i'm thinking of the environmental consequences of a nuclear warhead going off in a, a, any environment much less the ocean so, i mean this like this leads to a bunch of different implications because if let's say this was a nuclear explosion it this implies at least within the the animorphs universe that any nuclear explosion actually opens up a time travel riff hmm. marinate on True. that for a while for me i would say that in this universe there's potential for that to happen every time it's i feel like it's going to be rare that even if it's not the animorphs like if we're talking about like atom bombs and stuff like that mm -hmm. people aren't going to be close enough to it to meander through experience the yeah to experience the saria rip or if they are they probably don't know what's happening and they don't have a way to get back. So like I could buy there being like one-offs of like, Hey, maybe a few hundred people over the years have gotten transported to random time periods, including the Cretaceous period. And maybe they just died out because they couldn't fend for themselves. You know, no, that's my thought when we, I, my thought is when we dropped the bombs in world war two, did we just mm -hmm. send a bunch of people to the Cretaceous period without knowing it? Potentially. Possibly. Or just late Jurassic. It's fine. Either way. The group gets sent back to the Cretaceous period because why the fuck not? And it so it it takes an, an annoying amount of time to put the pieces together of the Sario Rip. Granted, at this point, Jake is the only one who's experienced a Sario Rip. Technically, oh true. I, okay, though, can I like? <laughs> I, the struggle bus for me was Cassie not catching on to some, some things because I, I'm sure we're going to get to it. So I don't want to like get too far in advance, but like, sh like when they start seeing animals or like signs of, of animal life around, like she's pretty well versed in what exists in <laughs> this time period. And some of the stuff they see, mm -hmm. like 
Girl, you know there ain't nothing around right now that can make something that size. You know it. <laughs> Apparently, the only one of them that had a dinosaur phase was Tobias. Yeah, but it really like because at one point I want to say they were like in a footprint that was six feet across. I'm like, you know what the largest land mammal is? Like, I can guarantee it. It's an African elephant, I believe. I, like, I'm ninety percent. And th- there's nothing that has a six foot footprint. There's nothing. nothing. I don't even think a Tyrannosaurus Rex has a six foot footprint. Uh, I think that was the Brachiosaurus they were trying to. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And, which also was late Jurassic, not Cretaceous. Just well, I mean, they, they there was other because uh, believe me, I looked it up. The poor oh, yeah. air conditioning tech had to deal with me sitting there looking at dinosaurs. He's probably like, "What does this person do <laughs> for a living with the weird ass stuff that I was working on while he was in?" You're like, I am a paleontologist. Goat. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> um. And uh, there were some long-necked dinosaurs in the Cretaceous period. They weren't necessarily that. But I mean, like, if honestly, if you were to stick me in the Cretaceous period and I saw a long-necked dinosaur, I'd be like, yeah, it's a brontosaurus. How the fuck do I know? I would just call it Nessie. (laughs) (laughs) That's the extent of my knowledge. (laughs) The only reason I said Brachiosaurus is I'm pretty sure at the end of the book, um, Tobias goes through and names all the dinosaurs they saw like to really cash in on all of it, at least in the PDF version that I was reading, he names them all. And he named a Brachiosaurus. So I was like, Brachiosaurus. And it said like, it said late Jurassic. So they're in the water and some big old dinosaurs show up and they do the, ch- like Visser three would probably be very jealous of all of the dinosaurs. If he were here, because like they get to eat so much. <laughs> There is so much of the Animorphs getting eaten in this book. So much. That Visser 3 would probably be so damn upset that he did not get to participate in such great nom-noms. I feel like he'd also be trying to, like, acquire, like, everything his little, little mitts could get near. Yeah, that's fair. Rachel and Tobias get nom nommed is that what we're calling eating now yes that is um uh, i'm i'm trying to be very scientific here <laughs> that is the technical that term yes the, yeah the technical term for being eaten and i enjoy rachel's thought process whilst uh living her life of jonah and the whale oh my god <laughs> Because it's it's her and Hope Tobias in there, and she's like, I, I gotta I gotta go human. We gotta get out of here. And Tobias is just like he goes back to Hawk, and he's just getting eaten by stomach acid. You know, just a Tuesday, as one does. And Tuesdays, Tuesday, uh, fucking Tuesdays. And Rachel, being Rachel, is like, gotta go bear, gotta go bear. Here's a question: Why, like, the, right, you're in an animal and you want to dice your way out? Why at no point did either Rachel or Tobias think to themselves, oh, I've got a Horkbajir morph. Why don't I do that with the slicey slicey? Right. I don't know why he never thinks of that. He's like, oh, I can only have my human morph. That's the only thing that'll be helpful here. Like, um, no, you literally have a dinosaur. I also had a question of like, why didn't they just acquire what was trying to eat them and just burst out that way? Well, I mean, 
I don't I don't have an excuse for Tobias, but Rachel is Rachel. And when it comes to Rachel's world, she is the hammer and everything else is just a nail. And she's just going <laughs> to fuck it up. Ram, ram. Yeah, that's fair. Not even like Rachel. Rachel is a sledgehammer and everything else is a nail. Okay. So she's just going to like her. Her number one instinct is not, oh, let me acquire some common sense. It's afraid of her death. It's, she's just going to shred everything. <laughs> she's not like I you you just know that she pounded like a 12 pack of Red Bull before they even met up at the beach and she's like fuck it let's do this Tobias is I mean he's not he's he's in a tinier body and his like his feathers are being eaten away by stomach acid and he's being away by stomach acid and so Rachel's like okay I'm going to go grizzly bear, which kind of makes sense. Not as much sense as going Horkvajir, which is a, just a creature literally made of blades that would probably make this easier. And then she's like, okay, we've got to get out of here. But first, to make this weirder, we need some air. Fucking go for the lungs. I'm not sure how any anatomy works. That is not how lungs work. But I, I feel like that is not how lungs work we're kind of playing fast and loose with science in all of this series so i guess yeah <laughs> i guess we're just gonna nod and smile at this whole train of thought for rachel and so she she cuts her way out but then we got a flashback so the uh the other group is kind of putting things together and figuring things out of course for some reason marco's first thought is are we in madagascar <laughs> He's not bright. They're try trying to piece things together and they go to get a drink of water and they get attacked by this massive, uh, not crocodile crocodile. I mean, aren't crocodiles like pretty much how they were back then? Just smaller. Yes. yes. Crocodiles and sharks haven't really changed much. So they're still piecing things together and then they up and get attacked by a T-Rex and there was this really kind of cute but sad moment where Axe was scared because he had gone to his human morph because they, as far as I knew at this point, they were in human times, except there's this volcano, which is there. That's cool, I guess. But no one still pieced anything together. They just have decided that because this shouldn't be normal for any of them except for maybe Jake who has lived through Asario Rip before. But they all kind of take this in stride, which, by the way, they're all totally okay with Rachel and Tobias having full... Like, Cassie's crying on and off. Yeah, but, like, even that, it was, like, a delayed reaction cry. It was... The whole thing was very weird. So Axe is like, I'm... I don't want to be human. I'm, I'm going to go in my regular form because I'm scared. Like, he's flat out like, I am not okay right now and like he like his Dax has that natural ability to tell time and that is kind of out of whack he's just straight up not okay and then a t-rex shows up and axe murders it with his tail like, like you do cool. but he says that, that like that's not a thing that he's going to be able to do again because the only reason he was yeah. able to do it is because he distracted he was the t-rex was distracted by jake who it was busy trying to mm -hmm. no i'm not but I feel like a bird is not something a T-Rex is going to be like, I'm going to definitely try to nom nom on this. Like, that's not a, like, that's, that's, that's a, a snack. That's a chiclet for a T-Rex. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, if it's, if it's like, 
I mean, he really acknowledges. He literally says, I was too small, wasn't I? Like, he he's saying it doesn't make sense for him to get chased. But, I'm wondering if he might have been a juvenile uh, or something like that, which would probably smaller mm. prey and would make it a little more... It would make a little more sense that Axe could take it out with his tail than a grown True. T-Rex. It's also, I mean, yes, he's a small bird compared to the T-Rex, but he's also injured. Mm. So it would be a very easy prey. And well, we're talking about like why wouldn't we're talking he about Jake it? though? Jake wasn't injured. No, Tobias Wait, was t- injured, isn't he? No. Tobias, Tobias is injured. Jake. I my memory is and not we'll there. go back to that now. Um... <laughs> I have questions. Because yeah, that whole Did thing that is there's no reason. No. There's well, no reason. I I mean I I guess um there so Tobias has thought because he he's his wing is broken and Rachel's like why don't you morph and then morph back and you're gonna be fine. Which brings up a question and Kevin, you and I just you and I discussed this last week with des- the decision. But we do not get a clear mm-hmm. answer, at least right now. Do we know if Tobias has found a way to integrate clothing into his morph, or is he buck naked in the dinosaur times? <laughs> it's never directly acknowledged that I can remember. I, I feel like it's implied that just like Axe, he's incorporated a morphing outfit into his human morph. Um, <laughs> because this is when he's like, okay, I'll go human. And then morph back. So he's not like he's not like Donald ducking it long in <laughs> oh my in God. dinosaur times. But when he when he morphs back, he's not okay. That's I was a little confused about the morphing rules on that one in this situation because it seemed weird to me. But we've we've very much well established with the rules of morphing that if you are brokeity broke. And you do the morphy morph, you are then fixy fixed. And this seems to be a common complaint with this book. Whenever I tried to look for an answer about this, it's just a lot of people being like, this doesn't make sense. Why do they do this? And my first thought was maybe they were just trying to nerf Tobias because it would be really easy for him to just flap up there and be like, oh, hey, I don't think that we're in Kansas anymore. And then flap back down. But like the others who can morph birds do that in this book. So Maybe it was just a way to keep him from doing it right away so that we didn't get that like immediate like, oh, this is what's going on. But then he also was like eaten by a gigantic like dinosaur right away. So there's just really no logical In reason. Any of the other morphing situations where they've done that, has it been their original form that was injured? Because I thought a lot of the other ones, it was whatever they had morphed into had been injured. So they morphed back to their like home form if you will it and was this is i mean this is the first time we've seen anyone in their actual body well that's what the only thing that kind of that i was like okay maybe it's just like in if your original body is injured the morphing technology doesn't fix your original body like mm-hmm. you're just going back to home plate and what in whatever state home plate is in this is this is something that is going to be talked about in the books in a very direct way and we get actual answers but not until like like the late 40s like it's going to be a while before we get there and on top of that what we do get it still doesn't make sense this whole thing with tobias so i'll just leave it at that but 
I would I would like to because even Tobias says like maybe the Elemis messed up when he gave me back my powers that that would kind of maybe track a little bit but it, the question would be if Tobias gets injured in his natural hawk form later on and doesn't heal that would track but I guess right. we'd have to wait and see if he gets injured later on in his hawk form because this that might also even justify why when he acquired the dolphin back in the escape the dolphin didn't like settle down and go into a trance right so like maybe this mm -hmm. was just like elemis bullshit fuck up wave the hand but i i do think it was it was more of a device to kind of sideline tobias because it would have it would have been too easy to be like all right we're just gonna fly up and find the others and regroup and everything's gonna be okay well we plus, needed to he's got all the answers of like he knows like this is the cretaceous period these are dinosaurs and like that means the other ones wouldn't have to take their own slow 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 journey to figure out where they are plus then we wouldn't have the really adorable rachel and tobias off on their own little camping adventure together you know, when she's got to rip up her shirt to make him a splint. For his little wing. Wrap his yeah. wing. And then of course, she's the only person in the world to be like, ugh, I gotta go bear midriff now? That's not a look for me. <laughs> With dinosaurs. And though Rachel's like, you don't don't do, break this again, because, I mean, I'm gonna have to take off more clothes. And he's like, I would never look. Like, you're a horny teenager. Stuck in a hawk's body. <laughs> I also feel like it would be difficult not to look like when you're the, that's the only other person that you're with and you're trying to like fend right. for survival. It's going to be hard not to look at the other person that you're trying to survive with. Yeah. I mean, they, it, this could just be like, a, a, maybe, maybe this is the origin story for the reality show naked and afraid. We don't know. <laughs> the original. The original. I mean, like, has he incorporated the clothing yet? We don't know. Maybe he was already naked and afraid. Did Rachel look? <laughs> oh Back to Marco. So they are they are getting attacked. The other group is getting attacked by T-Rex. And, of course, Marco's running through his head like, would would a gorilla work? No. Oh, my God. Um, I love him. <laughs> his train of thought was amazing. Rachel, Rachel goes bare. Marco's like, monkey? Monkey. <laughs> <laughs> Axe has now killed uh, the T Rex, and they're like now it's kind of dawning on everybody what's going on. It takes where this is chapter eleven. It takes eleven chapters for anyone to go. Wait, is this a Sario rip? Anyone, please? And Axe now explains to the others a Sario rip. Um, so he says, once a Sario rip, a time rip um, is created, there is no difference between a year and a million years. The energy required is the same. Um, I think the I think I remember the equations in the equation where T is time and Z is zero space. W inversely cubed represents the nexus of. And then Marco is like, dude, you just saved my life. Please don't undo it by killing me with algebra, which is. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I want to believe K.A. Applegate and Michael Grant being like, we don't actually know how to explain this, so Marco doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that's a very smart way to just say, mm, science, there. <laughs> Instead of having to try to actually explain yeah, it. But we, we kind of flash back to what we learned in The Forgotten, that in order to undo the Sario rip, 
at least in this instance, they need to they need to recreate what happened because the last time Jake just needed to die. And that bounced him back and fixed because the last Sario rip, they were it happened because of two Draken beams hitting each other and the fixing it needed to happen because they could like two of one person cannot exist in the same time at the same time. Right. And that's why that one was different was because they only got thrown back a couple hours. Whereas now that's, you know, it's millions of years. So obviously they don't have two versions of themselves existing at once. Yeah. So lots of confusing stuff. Um, And Axe is incredibly snarky through a good chunk of this book. Yes, he like is. there's a couple moments where he's just very like because Marco says like okay you can't just make us a fusion bomb to make this better and Axe is like a fusion explosion is that what that was like that's only used in children's toys you know to make them talk and shit <laughs> like Axe now is not the time <laughs> and Marco uh, actually no, I think it's Jake he's like hey we need to worry about this shit because he's like pointing over the T-Rex like this is the issue right now. Not not whose technology is better and making things go boom. And then Cassie goes full Bear grills. I love that part for Cassie. She's <laughs> like, we're going to make shoes out of the T-Rex skin. We're going to eat it. It's going to be great. Do you know how to make a fire? Let me show you how to make a fire. I'll need a stick. <laughs> Girl, yes. <laughs> Wilderness woman. Mini version. Your rest not knowing what I gotta say the dinosaur the the dinosaur skin shoes is probably my favorite part of this book. It's just so ridiculous. I mean I don't I mean I'm not hip to how shoes happen, but I feel like all they really did was they've just got like rotten T Rex slippers on. Like that's probably, that's probably closer to accurate. Like, they're just walking around on chunks of smelly, smelly T-Rex right now. Well, it's better than nothing on their little tootsies. That's true, because we when we flash back to Rachel, she and her tootsies are not having a good day. But the, in the meantime, they're like, listen, this is all we've got. And then we do flash to Rachel, whose first line of her chapter is, my feet were torn and bloody. She's carrying Tobias because he can't fly. And it hurts too much for him to be sitting on her shoulder. So right now the two of them are like not doing okay, but they don't want to admit it to each other. So it's like a, it's a stubborn asshole standoff right now. And then there's a really awkward moment that definitely stood out for me. I'm not sure if it stood out for you because Tobias is like, oh, I'm really sorry. You might be, get, you must be getting tired of carrying me. And she's like, no, no, it's not that. It's just that it's your wing is hurting you. And if you were to morph, if you were to morph, mu- wow! If you were to morph human, there wouldn't be an, any pain. And Tobias says, "I can only stay in morph for two hours, then I'd have to demorph, and I'm right back to where I started. Plus, I wouldn't continue to heal during that time. Not to mention the fact you'd have to redo my splint, and that wasn't fun for either of us." And Rachel says, "You could stay human permanently. There are worse things." Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Winky, winky. And then he just does not <laughs> respond to that. And that is dropped yeah. completely. So yeah. that was just really awkward and kind of sad. I don't know what to say to that because it was it was super awkward. Yeah, just flat out like, ah, no, I don't want to be human. And I mean, 
justifiable because then he couldn't be in the fight. Period. He'd be. I mean, he as, still could. He couldn't physically be in a fight. Right. The fight, but like he could still be a participant. I don't know. I don't know that there's really much well, that he can do. Just, you know, be a little spy or something. I don't know. Not at risk of being infested, though. Like, yeah. Because if they take him, it's game over, and he doesn't really have the firepower to fight back if he if they figure him out. You know, it's there, and this whole issue with Rachel and Tobias. This is kind of the first time we see it, but it it becomes a thing that we'll discuss more as we go on. But basically, Tobias has really good reasons for not wanting to get himself stuck in human. I mean, he really doesn't have a, a home to go back to, and amongst mm-hmm. other things. But that's awkward moment, and they drop it. But I, I, I feel like I, yeah, it does need to. It needs to come up again. Like Ka might be a bit screwy with like science, logic, technology, and all that, but. A good chunk of the time, if she's dropping something like that and not picking it back up, it means we're going to see it again later. She's at least good for that. Mm-hmm. So, well, I feel like they're they're just the star-crossed lovers of the group. Like, I like vaguely ship the two of them, but I'm I'm kind of like, yeah, I guess okay. It makes for interesting dynamics, but I don't like it. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I I I still firmly believe that Rachel is only crushing after Tobias because he is a problem that needs to be fixed. Yes, I agree with that. I I don't see them being a lasting relationship, not just because he is in the body of a hawk and the complications of that are already too much, but I think their personalities are so wildly different. Like, Rachel needs... Like, she has found her place in the world. We've seen that many a times. She is Xena Warrior Princess. She is, she is Rachel. Hear her roar literally uh she's not like she's not gonna be the settle down and like have some eggs type like she sits i don't see that happening but then they run into some triceratops like you do yeah and rachel apparently doesn't know much about dinosaurs she's like but they're plant eaters right they're not dangerous and tobias like yeah no they're good uh but these other dinosaurs that i can see that you can't the basically velociraptors but we've given them a name that is very i'm gonna try it and it's not gonna end well uh Dinon dinonchus yeah nom noms <laughs> i'm gonna try dinonychus yes you are correct i believe there we go i believe i could be <laughs> I am not a paleontologist. <laughs> I wish I was. I would be pretty cool. Well, they're velociraptors. They're let's just let's just call it like it is. From the full-on description of them, they are a velociraptor. It's minus. a it's a bigger velociraptor. Yeah, so they're they're walking in on what was supposed to be a uh, a Danny Nauschus Chow Fest, and now they've introduced something weaker and probably easier to catch into the equation. And boy, oh boy, this isn't going to end well. But first, let's go talk to Cassie, who's building a fire. <laughs> like full-on bear gorilla. She's like, we're going to rip out the tendons and use those to lash up our laces on our dino steak. And Slipper. like, we're going we're gonna to smoke some T-Rex meat and make some T-Rex jerky. I don't know how jerky making works, but I feel like that's not it. 
<laughs> That's pretty close. I mean, it's going to be weird without salt involved, but they will certainly have a tough smoke. They're near the ocean. There's salt in that. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. I mean, so Rachel, uh, Rachel, um, Cassie is just, she's like, she's naked, but not afraid. <laughs> I feel like she's a little Xena in this moment, but she's like, n- like mountain woman Xena. Because <laughs> Xena is now a Barbie, apparently, in my head. Right. I mean, you, you go Cassie. I'm proud of her. I love um, I loved this part for Cassie, like this little section. Yeah. So apparently, according to Jake, T Rex tastes more like fish. Okay. But could really use some salt, and they they decide they're gonna get some rest. And um, Cassie has this kind of cute moment with Axe, and is like, um, "Are you scared, Axe?" And he's like, "Yup, they're not okay, but it's okay. We're back to Tobias." Well, you also, I thought it was really smart they set up a watch, too, because they're with dinosaurs. I also feel like it probably would have been smarter to move away from where, like, not only, like, the dead carcass of the T-Rex, but also where they were cooked. Like, predators are gonna smell that. What do you mean? You don't want scavengers to come and interrupt your nappy time? We're back to Tobias and Rachel, who are now being uh, hunted down by some velociraptors, because I can't pronounce the other words, so they're velociraptors now. Though they're described as being too big for being a velociraptor, because velociraptors were actually tiny and had feathers. But that's that's an argument for another time. Dinosaur attack, and um, <laughs> Tobi- like Rachel's like, I can't run with you. And Tobias is like, chuck me into that tree. <laughs> Was insane. I Again, I don't know how birds it's work. It's not like this. I feel like that's not it. But Tobias is like, throw me in that tree and do your bear morph. I got this. And uh, Tobias is the first to acquire a dinosaur. Tobias gets himself a, a di- Dionychus. <laughs> Dionychus. Dionychus. That sounds better. So we actually, we stick with Tobias, though. We get two Tobias chapters in a row, and you don't see that too, too often with the Megamorphs. Especially for Tobias, because he barely gets any time in the entire series. Tobias is not getting a lot of time but he absorbs uh the the dna of the the v raptor and immediately starts to morph it and it does not go well apparently dinosaur instincts are very very strong and we'll talk more about that once we're done with jake because now we're at package <laughs> did are, did none of them pay attention in school because Jake wakes up and they're just kind of uh, chilling and he looks up into the sky and he notices something's a little bit off and he's like, what is that? And Cassie's like, oh, it's a comet. Isn't it beautiful? And Jake's like, that looks really close. Even Axe is like, in the last three hours, it has definitely gotten bigger. And Jake's like, is, that's not going to hit us, is it? Like, did none of you pay attention? The answer is no. No, they did not. None of you're in dinosaur times. Y'all know that dinosaurs got wiped out, right? It took them 11 chapters to figure out they were in dinosaur times. <laughs> how many do you think it's going to take for them to remember? Uh, an entire book. Because that's how long it takes them. It takes them all an entire book, 
minus Tobias, who has this information and chooses not to share it with anybody. Well, he's stuck with his little broken bird wing, being all broken. But Axe puts them all at ease um, and says, you know, I, I think we're good. Uh, he does the math in his head, you know, because like, I could do comet math in my head like anybody. <laughs> Uh, but axes, uh, the odds against any particular comet hitting a particular planet are very large, millions to one at best, especially since Earth is not so large that it wouldn't have a gravitational pull. Um, and the comet is now so close to moving so quickly, I've been able to keep track of a rough trajectory, you know, casual. It will be very close, but no more than one or two Earth diameters. So it's going to, like, wave as it flies by. Mm-hmm. And Marco's like, oh, that's good. I wouldn't want to get killed by a comet and cheat the dinosaurs out of eating me. Like, put two and two together. So suddenly there's this weird <laughs> flash that happens. Just like at the end of Dinosaur. <laughs> Just like Sorry. at the end of yeah. Dinosaur. But this flash reveals that uh, a herd of T-Rex have just shown up. Because they're they're chasing some other dinosaurs and so it's just like a massive like apparently like the cretaceous period was chock full of t-rexes just roaming around together everywhere is that a thing they would have done though like are t-rexes pack hunters or would they have been like loners do we know they were solo hunters from what i recall from my i i feel like the t-rex is what is a dinosaur that's still like widely contested about what because like there's i've i've read some things where people are like T-Rexes actually would not have been great predators because of their useless little arms, and maybe their jaws were not as strong as we think, so they might have actually been scavengers. Uh, oh. Uh, there's actually evidence that they did hunt in female-led packs. So yeah, heard a, heard a T-Rex, and they're going after, um, they're only describing it as a long-necked dinosaur, and looking at the the list of dinosaurs there was a couple of long neck ones no no brontosaur but definitely some long neck bros up in here it's nessie nessie didn't make it because <laughs> this pack of this pack of t-rex so rachel's in her grizzly bear morph but she is now surrounded by 10 of these uh very dangerous razor taloned razor sharp teethed dinos because Tobias called them to her because he is in no control of his morph at all. He takes a slice out of Rachel. Yeah, that was very graphic. Mm-hmm. Well, it was like, it. What? and I was like, even more with their like shipping situation, I was like, oh, this is toxic love for you, honey. <laughs> <laughs> This this was actually really amusing to me because Rachel's like, Tobias, you're a dinosaur. You've lost control. That shit happens. I need you to get your shit together. You are, you are a human. Get control. And then Rachel's like, ah, oh, this is what I'm doing wrong. Hey, Tobias, remember thermals? And Tobias is like, Rachel, is that you? <laughs> oh, God, the thermals. Because we're back to Jake, who now has a dinosaur on top of him. But it's okay. He has a dinosaur fall on him, and his legs are pinned. But he's fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. Totally fine. And I don't, I don't know if this is just because the authors have given up, or if because they can't, if they break somebody else, they need to justify why they can either be fixed and Tobias can't, 
or mm-hmm. they just don't want to break anybody else. Or they like are gonna end up like if they break Jake's legs and they stay broken, they've now got another lame duck to drag around. Don't worry, Jake's gonna get eaten by a T-Rex. <laughs> and it is gonna be disturbing because now is the time that Michael Grant and Catherine Applegate were like, ah, you know what we need now? Some detail. <laughs> so sure enough, I was in the Tyrannosaurus's mouth. No room to move. Stinking foul air, sticky saliva all over me, a big tongue that tried to push the rest of me down the waiting, greedy throat. Oh, God. (laughs) He closed his mouth and crushed the air out of my lungs. I grabbed that tongue. I locked my fingers on the rough, wet thing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, no, this is terrible. (laughs) Also... Side note, I don't buy a Tyrannosaurus Rex eating him up just, like, in one go and swallowing him whole without, like, chewing a little bit. I don't know. A lot of their their teeth, if you look at it, are hooked to catch things. Not necessarily on things. Is he really going to pick him up so gingerly that he gets him all in one piece without hurting him? No. To then swallow whole? Chop in the middle somewhere. I just find it hard to, to accept that. (laughs) <laughs> this Tyrannosaurus Rex is like, let me just do a nice little dainty, like, mm-hmm, pick you oh, up. There we go. And now it's time to swallow. It's either the Tyrannosaurus Rex is dainty or Jake isn't moving at all. And he's like, wait, no, let me just squish myself together so you can get me in one bite. True, true. He does curl into a ball, but like. But he grabbed that tongue and he locked he his fingers. Tongue. And he locked his fingers on that rough, wet thing and focused with all that was left of his terrified gibbering brain what a word to throw in there gibbering (laughs) um so he acquires the t-rex and is like i'm just gonna go for it and he decides to start morphing in i but i began to grow i couldn't be near those teeth when i grew they would lacerate me so he decides to like uh, swim down swim down (laughs) <laughs> Swim down, little one. And decides to go down the T Rex's throat. And, and, God, it gets worse. Its powerful throat muscles were pummeling my legs now. <laughs> still in penthouse mode. It's still yeah. so disturbing. <laughs> Um, but it, uh, uh, but I was morphing. The Tyrannosaurus realized something was wrong. It had swallowed the wrong thing. It coughed and gacked. Not gagged, but it gacked. So now I'm just imagining just like T-Rex furball. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, mad, it, the T-Rex manages to cough Jake up. And, uh, but it, he did enough damage that the thing just kind of like starts to walk away and just flops over and it's like i give up now i think now finally they're they're like oh wait other shit's happened and Cass is like i wish rachel were here did you just notice she was gone are we back in the decision where she just disappeared and y'all were like oh okay move moving on (laughs) um but Marco actually says something really sweet about Rachel. And I actually really like this quote because he's not now trying to like sort of reassure his friends. Like, you know what? Maybe I bet they're okay. And he says, anything that wants to kill Rachel would have to be meaner than Rachel. And you know, that's not even possible. <laughs> and it's true. Cause she's just going to go grizzly. <laughs> okay, full grizzly. Something happened that has me questionable. And 
they they're like, hey, we should probably like maybe get better morphs. So why why not go T Rex? And Marco's like, you know what we should do? We should acquire that T Rex. Uh, we need one alive to acquire it. That was one of my other questions. I'm like, do does the, it can they acquire a dead animal? No, they can't. Interesting. But okay, but this so this raises a, a, a interesting question though. Uh, if we flash back to the decision where they decided that it was enough just to get some blood from somebody. I still think that that plan wouldn't have worked. The difference is that when they get the blood, it's from a living person. The blood is still, quote-unquote, alive. But I I still don't buy that that plan would have been successful. I don't think that they would have been able to acquire DNA from blood. I don't think they would have been able to get the blood out of the mosquito bodies to somewhere where they could then like acquire it as humans. I don't think that we should take anything that happened in that book as like <laughs> a precedent for what they can or can't do because they were just very incorrect. <laughs> the sun is coming up. Uh, everyone feels a little bit better about, you know, it's the sun is up. This feels good. We can see what's happening right now. And there's actually a conversation about it. And Axe brings up this, that random flash of light that we all just kind of wrote off as nothing. Marco's like, ah, yeah, I like the sun up because it blanks out the comet. That thing was starting to bug me. And Axe is like, the comet bothered you, but not that light? And he's like, lightning, so what? He's like, no, that wasn't lightning. That was not natural. Like, Axe, bring this shit up, please. (laughs) Like, you just one book ago were like, I'm not going to keep any secrets. I'm with you 100%. I am part of this team. I love you all. Jake is my prince. There are no secrets. But by the way there's this light that only i could distinguish as difference because apparently axe's stock eyes can see different types of light that marco and again ka applegate just kind of goes wave handy like we don't actually want to hear this acts like me wrong as possible he said dubiously but the nature of the light certainly seemed to dot 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 and marco's like yeah he talked a lot i didn't bother to pay attention <laughs> and honestly, this is the same problem that we constantly have with Axe, where you're like, I want information from Axe, but he wasn't paying attention in school that day, and I'm going to rib on him for it. Marco, you're doing the same shit. They find a canyon with some flying saucers and buildings and question mark. But first, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there is a, a bit of a, a, a lover's rift going on right now, because Rachel apparently is not thrilled about having been cut open like a fish her description her like all her comparisons were pretty hilarious yeah because she's she takes some time with this (laughs) like she is not but then but then tobias nails it on the head he's like are you hungry it's like every meme ever about (laughs) (laughs) you need some num nums do you need num nums (laughs) <laughs> and she's like yeah i'm i might be i might be hungry and tobias is like here have a snickers <laughs> hungry this podcast is now sponsored by snickers rachel and, and tobias decide that they're both hungry enough that they're gonna go rachel says i'm gonna morph the danny knockerus 
that what we're calling it now? Which is what we are calling it now. So she's decided she's going to go Danny Nocaris and chow down on some dinosaur, which this kind of goes back to a conversation we've had before. If she morphs the Danny Nocaris and eats something and she goes back to human, is she full? But would it dinosaur <laughs> her stomach? Because I'm not. Uh, would be larger than hers as a human. So so would she then explode with the dinosaur that well, she just I was ate? wondering if it would end up in Z space. If like the excess food would just be floating around all like partially digested in Z space. This question came up last week about Axe overeating on Cinnabons. There's no such thing. I think that the food stays with whatever form you're in. And if, if that form is not you, then it goes into Z space. And when you remorph that creature it resets and you don't have the food in the belly anymore. So Z, the, there's just food floating out in Z space. <gasps> is that the mass that is used when you morph something bigger than your actual mass? You're just morphing partially digested food? I don't think matter works that way. It does now. It does. We've we've made it canon. <laughs> <laughs> so when Rachel goes elephant, she is actually partially Cinnabons. <laughs> That axe is consumed. There you go. And then they run into a Spinosaurus. And their plan fails miserably. And this is where shit gets interesting for Tobias and Rachel. They run into the Nesk. Dun dun dun! Shit gets a little bit weird. Picturing the Nesk in my brain was like, I don't like it. Well, so apparently they are, and if you if you do a deep deep enough dive into the Animorphs internet world, um, mm-hmm. it is apparently made canon that uh, the Nesk are actually the early now early ancestors of ants. Nesk are actually tiny little like drony bugs can come together to form something else that is made up of all these tiny little creatures. And that is what is happening here, because Rachel's like, I'm going to take you out, because she's Rachel, so, you know. And she whips the thing with her tail, and it just breaks up into millions and millions of ants. But before we talk about that, what are all these buildings that the other group is looking at? And then we meet the Mercura? My brain pronounces it as Mercura. I just thought of them as the broccoli people. <laughs> yeah, this is the book where we learn that broccoli is not or not of Earth origin. And so the the Mercora asymmetrical crabs? They both of these new alien my brain hurt to try to visualize them because I, I I have questions about the asymmetricality since mostly symmetry is a thing with animals. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, I can't think of any kind of asymmetrical creature. No, there's usually lateral or like other than like lobster claws, which there's a very specific purpose for why one's one way and one's another way. I mean, my brain kind of went to uh, the the bad guy boss from Monsters Inc. That's what I went ahead and kind of uh, visualized. So the group ends up coming together because Rachel and Rachel and Tobias run from the ants and end up like taking a leap of faith over a cliff, the same cliff that the other group has decided to fly off of. And um, they all they all find each other again. Everyone's happy. Yay. 
and the Mercora take them in, and they are described as uh, just being fucking weird. So they stood about half the height of a tall human, seven or eight feet wide, with one, one on the side with the big four legs. So they've got four legs on one side and three legs on the other. Um, on the side of the big four legs, there was a sort of three-way pincer claw. It looked very powerful. It looked like the sort of thing I would not have want to have a fight against. On the other side, the weak side, there were two arms similar to my own, but even stronger than human arms. The arms ended in a in long, tapered, delicate fingers. This is where my brain stopped trying to put anything together because mm-hmm. it's also got a bazillion eyes. We then learn of the the sort of conflict between the Mercora and the Nesk. So the Mercora, their planet was destroyed by a sun going supernova or getting sucked into a black hole or the Death Star showed up and blew it up. I Directions were unclear. <laughs> And so I don't know if were the Nesk there first or were the Makora there first? I was under the impression that the Makora were there first just because they have like such an established society that's been built into this canyon. Um, whereas the Nesk just kind of seem to be hanging out in their own ships. Yeah, uh, yeah that's, they seem to be more of a like a, a pop-up military setup. Mm-hmm. They are chatting with the Makora and they kind of get that whole story. Their planet was destroyed and they're like, oh, we actually this is our home forever we want to be here we don't want the nesk to kick us out because they're kind of like giant pieces of shit they're very yerk like the nesk um in their they're like the yerks before the yerks Mm -hmm. tobias is the only one that kind of realizes like ah i mean this technically is gonna be your forever home forever is just not (laughs) as long as you think it is um because he stops cassie from saying anything stupid and he's like do not tell them that we are from this planet keep that shit under wraps acts like kind of at the end of this chapter is like for a moment of surprise and slowly the understanding dawned on him the mercora were wrong they were not going to be part of earth's future they were destined to either leave or be destroyed so they're all chilling the nest the mercora fixed tobias and it kind of comes up that like ah the nesk probably have what you need to sort of recreate this rip. They're like, okay, we're going to go raid the Nesk base. And so the group morphs their T-Rexes for the first time, and it does not go well. Cassie. Poor Cassie. She she goes full T-Rex and mutilates a Triceratops. Cassie is not okay. She's like, she has a full meltdown about this. She like, she's super upset. I, okay. So I get why Cass, I guess, I get why she's upset. You know, she hunted this beautiful animal, blah, 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 all the thing. But she's not a vegetarian. She is not a vegan. She still eats all the meats. This is, where did she think it came from? Does she just think cows are dumb and don't have souls? And so it doesn't matter? (laughs) Give it one more book and that question will be answered. (laughs) But yeah, she's, she's super upset about this. And it doesn't go well. And then we just have, we have some like Tobias, like ah, dinosaurs, this dinosaur, this look at these dinosaurs. And apparently dinosaurs just wander in and out of the nest compound. They, this is apparently an early iteration of uh, zone 91 from the unknown where it's just a horribly run military base (laughs) where things just wander (laughs) in and out. Um, Cause they've got, 
defenses in the form of like these giant robot towers. Apparently, this dinosaurs just can go, come and go. And so we know that. So the Nesk are scavengers that go around like just taking whatever they can, and they use their ability to form like come together in these giant clump masses to be able to function in whatever technology they have stolen. They break into the compound, but the moment they think to each other, it sets off an alarm. So apparently thought speak alarms exist. Thought speak detectors because the Nesk know that Mercora used thought speak. There you go. And Axe actually admits a fault in the Andalites, because apparently 65 million years before there was Andalites, technology existed to detect thought speak, but Andalite scientists can't figure that shit out. Alarms are now going off, the nests are pouring out everywhere, but they have no idea where the thought speak is coming from, because they're just some T-Rexes chilling about. And Marco's like, Marco goes Rachel and is like, and now we are Godzilla, and we just start stamping. <laughs> on everything they're like we got the bomb let's get the fuck out of here and axe has been given a like long-range thought speak communicator so like a thought speak walkie-talkie by the mercora and they're like we need help like please come save us and the mercora like ah probably not but they do the mercora decide to risk it all and they come and help but apparently the mercora only have two ships and one of them gets destroyed the the nesk have kind of backed down because the nesks have never seen humans or an andalite before and these these creatures have just turned into dinosaurs and then not been dinosaurs anymore so that's pretty crazy and it leads to a giant celebration because the nesk apparently are like you know what fuck this shit we are out and uh, the Mercora are like, yes, this is awesome. They celebrate. They celebrate by planting broccoli. You know, like you do, like you do. Yeah, I just casual. <laughs> so, but then uh, the the Nesk pull a level of petty that I am on board with. They've decided that if they can't have Earth, no one can have Earth. So they decided to nudge the comet that wasn't going to come anywhere near Earth. And aimed it directly for the Mercora. Yeah. <laughs> and what makes it even better is the Mercora kind of realized that, like, okay, this bomb that they, this group of beings stole from the Nesk could probably save us, but they don't want to, like, out and ask for it. And there's this really funny scene where they're like, the Animorphs, like, you know, we can't let this happen. Couldn't you, like, go push it the other way? And the Mercora, like, you know, even our most powerful force field cannot move the comet. There's only one chance that explosive device you took from the Nesk, we could, you know, use our last ship and carry it to the comet and destroy the, it. But, like, you know, we know you need it. So, like, we're, we couldn't. They're so polite. Cassie has found her morals again. And she's like, we have to help them. We have, we, like, we have to do this. None of you have put it together yet? No. This needs to happen. 35 chapters in, Tobias reveals what they all should have known in the fucking beginning. A big reveal. This need this is going to happen. This comet has to hit. So we we now learn 
that we are in a a a closed loop of time travel where this all needed to happen. The Animorphs apparently needed to be in the Cretaceous period to be the reason that that comet hit Earth. Is this some Elemis bullshit? This all needed to happen. So, I mean, going back to now that I've I've put the pieces together, because I can't I can't imagine that a nuclear explosion happened because the fallout from that would be too terrible. I think that the, the something happened to cause the sub to explode. But is this some Elemis bullshit? Did the Elemis was the Elemis involved in the end of the dinosaurs and the eventual creation of humans? Possibly. But yeah, I don't really see a reason why he would need to. I mean, he's been getting himself involved in so much other shit at this point that, you know, why not? They decide they need to get as far away from the strike zone as possible. And at the last minute, they'll head out to sea and morph dolphins because they kind of determine that anything in the ocean probably has the best chance of surviving. Because at this point, they are thinking maybe the comet striking might Sario rip, but... Who knows? Cassie decides to stay up on the surface to watch the end of the world. And then, boom! We're back in our own time. And everything seems to be okay. But you know what? It doesn't matter. Because they can't use the morphs they got. That (laughs) broke my heart. I understood why it had to happen for the book. Because, like, what are they going to do? Like, five T-Rexes are wandering around. Like, downtown, wherever. Or they're creepy mall honestly they don't even seem to remember half the morphs that they already have acquired because at no point does it uh, uh, like what go hork bajir <laughs> right what bothers me about the them not keeping their dino morphs is that it's a closed loop like you mentioned like everything they did still happened so why would they not carry that over with them it like i i get it with the forgotten because that Sario rip was like undone. Like everything that happened to them didn't actually happen. But with this, it did. I... Like they really were there and their actions had actual consequences that created humanity down the line. So it's like, let them keep their dinos. Well, when I, when I say I get it, I mean, I say I get it from the writer's perspective. Oh, absolutely. I don't get it from the reader's perspective. From the reader's perspective, they should still have their dinosaur morphs. Yes. But, I mean, this kind of goes into... Uh, I, I mean, this a lot of this like le- ties me back to the questions I had during the decision of whether or not they would have the, the Lyran morphs, because that all happened. Mm-hmm. That all had... Like, that all had consequences on what was going on in the world. So... Why? I mean, we've already, I mean, we've established with Sario Rips that you don't get to keep the dinosaur. I mean, it sucks. I I, I mean, uh, I think a a T-Rex could probably have some great uses in battle, but it also would be, like, it's bad enough that this town has animal attacks out the wazoo. I think adding a (laughs) T-Rex into the mix isn't going to help. Well, apparently they don't notice any of these weird animal attacks. I'm like, as much as <laughs> like, there's no way they could get away with having these T-Rex wandering around. Pretty sure they, like, this is the only town they might be able to get away with. <laughs> I mean, this is like the town from Power Rangers that just gets destroyed every week. And they're like, eh. It's fine. What are you going to do? Move. We just, we live in a place where we can go to the desert and the mountains and the valleys and the waterfalls all in the same day. So... 
It's fine. It's fine. I wish that there was a little bit more impact from this book on the rest of the series other than, like, them causing humanity to happen. Like, I wish that they had, like, learned something from the Mercora that they could apply to, like, their fight with the Yerks. Or, you know, I wish there was something that tied it in with the overall arc of the whole story. But, you know, it's it's fun. There's dinosaurs. What, what more can you ask for? I mean, maybe broccoli is the secret weapon that we needed all along. Like the new maple ginger oatmeal yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well on on that note thank you all so so much for listening uh next week we are discussing book 19 the departure as i mentioned cassie pov get ready for it if you'd like to read along check out the show notes for a link to download the entire series for free on pdf the graphic novel of the invasion is now available wherever you buy books or the link to purchase is in the show notes as well new episodes of the millennial agenda are available every monday with a new animorphs edition each and every friday can find the millennial agenda all over your favorite social media on instagram and facebook as the millennial agenda and millennial ag pod on twitter you can support the podcast on buymeacoffee.com and receive access to bonus content and you can also visit the hot mess press co on etsy for your official millennial agenda merchandise and some not so official animorphs merchandise coming soon fuck it grizzly bear and rock out with my brock out so keep an eye out <laughs> for those and please 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 be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting platform until next time happy reading (laughs) just just casually podcasting while receiving groceries (laughs) um but picture this because i don't my phone doesn't work for this for zencaster So I literally am holding a laptop. I have a mask on. I have headphones on. And I'm trying to carry groceries. No, that's in. what makes it better for me because that's I know that's what the picture that it is going on is. Which is why I'm more like, why did like no like every other time this happens, you're like, hold on, my groceries are here. But this time you're like, nah, I'm committed to looking as ridiculous as possible. Well, there wasn't really a stopping point. I didn't want to you could have thrown it you could have thrown it in the chat and been like brb groceries are here or just been like josh shut the fuck up or you could have just you're asking me to think ahead i and we're recorded on separate like tracks you could have just been like my groceries are here keep talking i'll be right back and i could have reached it like (laughs) so many ways this could have been easier but kevin kevin just racheled oh my god (laughs) listen i thought my roommate was gonna be the one getting it so i didn't mention it because i thought i'd be able to do it and then the app told me i'd have to show my id and i didn't know why because i didn't buy alcohol (laughs) it was just i just anyway (laughs) what's done is done (laughs) kevin just just looked at a simple situation and went fucking grizzly bear I'm gonna start saying that now when I when I'm about to make a poor decision. Like fuck it, grizzly bear. <laughs>